Whatever it say is commit. Commit to do the hard work of figure out what you want and then commit to it. And then afford yourself the luxury of reflecting on that and seeing if you like what you aimed for. And if not, then do it again, do it again, do it again, do it again, and enjoy the squiggly lines as you go through that process. But the idea of waiting for the right whatever, screw it, figure it out, go after it, reflect and ask yourself, am I getting more stuff or am I getting closer to what it is that I want? Be honest with yourself and when, not if, but when it's the wrong thing, toss it aside, use it as reference, couple three, couple three of those and you'll start getting very close to what you really want. This is the Beats Working Show. We're on a mission to redeem work, the word, the place, and the way. I'm your host, Mark Wright. Join us at Winning the Game of Work. Welcome to Contributor's Corner, part of the Beats Working Podcast. So as we wrap up the year, we thought it would be a good time to reflect on what we've learned this year and what's in our sights for next year. On the show this month, work P2P CEO Dan Rogers, cost-tailored owner and people developer Jeff Koss, Impulsive Thinker podcast host Andre Brisson, and Fewer Things Better podcast host Kristen Graham. All our previous guests on the Beats Working winning the Game of Work podcast, which of course is on a mission to redeem work, the word, the place, and the way. So what's interesting about our contributors is they're all dedicated to growing the people around them through work. And it was fascinating to hear the lessons they've learned this year and their perspectives as we head into 2024. So what did you learn this year? What do you hope to accomplish in 2024? I hope you're as inspired as I am by our year-end conversation. Welcome to Contributors Corner. I'm Mark Wright. It's great to have all of you here. This is an offshoot podcast of Beats Working, produced by Work P2P. It's great to have all of you here. So our contributors are people who've been on the show in the past. We bring them all back to uh, take a deep dive on something. And our our episode this month is Reflections on 2023 and Looking Ahead to 2024. All right. So in the room, we have Dan Rogers, we have Kristen Graham, Andre Brisson, and Jeff Koss. It's great to have all of you here. Welcome. So what I'm going to do is have each of you um, introduce yourselves, and then we'll jump right in. So Dan Rogers, why don't you start us off? Uh, Dan Rogers, uh, CEO of Work P2P. Nice to be here. Jeff Koss. Jeff Koss, CEO of Ango something. Yeah, Costco. Koss Taylor. Yeah, I forgot. Kristen. Hi, everybody. Kristen Graham, part of Unlock the Brain and uh, Fewer Things Better podcast. And Andre. Andre Brisson, the impulsive thinker, uh, engineering company CEO, and founder of Tactical Breakthroughs to help people understand themselves better. All right. Well, let's start out. I thought it would be nice to start out, Dan, with just a discussion of why you created uh, Contributors Corner as, as an offshoot of the Beats Working podcast. What was your vision in the beginning for this, Dan? The original vision um, for Beats Working is, is, is still in process. Um, there's a much bigger vision than just the podcast itself. And so this is sort of phase two of, of what we are hoping it could become. Um, but I think what's appropriate just to share in this moment is I was actually a conversation with Jeff, um, one of many, uh, and I've had... Uh, similar conversations with both Andre and Kristen at different times, but literally it was a conversation with Jeff just a couple hundred yards from where I'm sitting right now. We were on the phone and I was just like, we have to start recording this. We have to record this. It's great for us. And I'm learning from this, but I think there's more, there's, there's gold here to be shared when uh, a conversation can have its own sort of organic flow and so uh, what we're hoping to do through Contributors Corner is folks like we have here as well as the other folks is the audience can get to know them through their own interview, but then we get a group of them together and then they have a conversation that maybe we sort of loosely hold, but we let the conversation go where it is because smart, engaging people, redeeming work um, will lead to really great language being shared. And, and so that's what we're hoping to do. And I, I think the previous episodes, even the one I was on, I think have really demonstrated that well, that, that, uh, that this thing, that there's, there's value in an interview, but there's different value in a conversation of people who are actively trying to redeem work. Redeem work would be the words that we use 
I think everyone uses their own uh, on the on the on the call has their own words that speak to it, but it's it's all it's all parallel language. Yeah, I would agree, Dan. And and every time this group gets together of contributors, there there's just amazing takeaways in terms of new perspectives, new understanding of what it means to show up in the world, what it means to redeem work. Um, thank you for that. All right, I would love to just jump in and see. I feel like I don't know about you guys, but I feel like the pandemic was kind of a bad dream and we were just stuck in a bad dream for a couple of years. And I feel like, I feel like finally we're coming out of that and we can breathe again and we can do stuff again. And, uh, but I would love, I would love to start out with just what some general reflections are for the year that has just about wrapped up 2023. Kristen, why don't you start first and just give us some of your um, reflections on the year? I really agree with what you said there, Mark, and that there seemed to be more breathing room in 2023. And under the surface of that, though, I have seen, especially to go with the theme of, of kind of um, redeeming and reclaiming work, there almost seemed to be a pullback to trying to return to 2019. When we look at uh, profit over people, a lot of the headlines, uh, layoffs, discontent, if 2022 had a lot of the great resignation, I feel like 2023 had a lot of the great discontent. Um, and there was a lot of bubbles there. So our masks were off, but the offices, returning to the offices, the expectations, um, there was a lot of disconnect and discontent for sure. Interesting. Jeff, what about you? What are some reflections on the year that's wrapping up? Uh, yeah, my perspective on COVID is really weird and different because our factory is open the whole time. So um, it's actually 99% positive uh, for me. Uh, so um, when I prepared for the year, I, I kind of called this the year of transition and it's turned out to be really, uh, that for us transition as a business, uh, transition personally, as, uh, I say our community, I, I know my experience is different than everybody else's. And so as I look back, uh, just, uh, I, I have a very rigorous reflection uh, habit. And, uh, as I look back the year, it was pure joy getting to know you all like can't, cannot imagine uh, getting to know you all. Uh, it's just one of the many things. And there's a hundred things like this, but the common, I think, area where I'm like, oh, wow, where I had the most joy, it was other people doing stuff, uh, getting to baptize a young lady or hang out with you guys and talking about things. So um, as I go into next year, it's it really struck me as the, the things that really stood out were not uh, more boat tied by myself, for sure, but with other people. So yeah, that's what stands out. <laughs> And for those just listening, there is a boat right behind, right behind you. Yeah. That's, that's awesome, Jeff. Andre, what about you? Yeah, I think I agree. I agree with Jeff. There's a bit of a blur, um, and I think there's a lot of people are confusing wants versus needs. Uh, we're chasing a lot of wants and ideal situations that, in reality, just can't work. Um, but a compromise can be achieved, and there's, so there's a bit. A big a, a big dis disconnect that way, but for me it's just it's been about what's important to me, and and it's more, a lot of it was self actualization, which I think a lot of people are not doing. Um, they're looking for entitlement, or they're looking at the surface of themselves in reference to other people's perceptions, rather than looking deeply and deal. It's not always fun to go inside, but. Uh, for me, that was the big thing. And to help the people around me that want it, to see things that they never wanted to admit or have seen themselves. So that, that's mine. It's kind of a great, but not so great, but fun, interesting, and all around, not too sure how it's going to turn out. But in hmm. the end, good. Yeah. All right, Dan, how about you? Uh, much like Jeff, I mean, I just got to put a positive shout out to COVID. Um, so for the entity that is work P2P, uh, formerly point to point transportation, it was devastating. That entity, uh, got crushed. Um, but the rest of the impact for me personally and for my family was unbelievably positive. It'll be the single greatest thing that's ever happened to me in my entire life. Uh, this podcast would not have happened. I wouldn't be on a mission to redeem work without, without COVID. Uh, so it was a big break, uh, for me to take a chance to, sort of reassess. And there was, I was on, I was on track in 2020, quite frankly, uh, on a plan, but uh, got a chance to get a reset. 
So 2023 for, for work P2P and for me was not back to normal, but it was the next version of next. And so uh, as I reflect on like what I learned is I forgot a lot of the things that um, other people had to pay a price for, for me uh, as a leader in the first 20 years of my leadership, uh, because uh, leading from say May to 2020 until really even say May of 2023 was pretty easy. You know, I mean, it was horrifying for a few moments once you sort of got used to it. There wasn't a lot going on. And now starting about May, about every six weeks was a little busier and some other things started happening not only on our core business, some of the new things we did. It's like, oh crap, there's this, there's some real things to this leadership thing as I reflect on it now. We're like, okay, well, I think we can do better in 2024. Uh, and I'm I'm glad I'm glad the calendar came now uh, that I, I didn't have to wait until May to get some of these reflections. Uh, but yeah, so uh, I, I think it's been, it's been, um, it's been uh, positive. Uh, I, I think uh, what, what I've heard most consistently, and I would agree with it is that COVID was an accelerant. It just sped things up. And so I think I, I, re, I completely agree with what Kristen had shared earlier about just sort of the general state of work and that just that COVID just continues to compress time on that. Right. And, and so I, I think that's what she's described. I agree with, I think, is the natural evolution of what happens after the resignation is the people that are left are just pissed. Like those that quit, uh, that resigned, maybe hopefully they're on to something better. The ones that have stayed are miserable because they still uh, have a broken design at the, at the work at their workplace. So thanks, Mark. I love how you said that, too, Dan. There's the gift of the unexpected that takes us to a, a next that we couldn't have planned. Mm hmm. Yeah, absolutely. We didn't know we needed. Uh, no, I mean, I got four years of my life back. Wow. Yeah, at least. Yeah. I mean, the, the plan, the plan was to do all this and there wasn't like this, but like the plan was to reflect at this level and reset at this level in 2024. And so thank God I didn't have to do that because we just be starting now at like, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. Yeah. Dan, when you and I connected last, what was it? Over a year ago in the fall, I, I had signed up to be a, a test subject on a personal development curriculum that you had developed called Intentional Training. Um, and I think the biggest reflection I have on 2023 is that uh, just getting to know you and, and starting to work for you at the first of the year has, has been one of the most rewarding things that's ever happened to me in my life. And I, I say that because um, I, I'm having to learn an entirely new way of thinking um, I came from a world of television, 35 years in TV as a journalist. It's it's a it's a world based on fear. It's it's intense. It's uh it's a, it's, you know, you talk about the universe being a pull, not a push. Television is absolutely a push. <laughs> Join us at 11 for more depressing news. <laughs> and uh, and I think what I'm most grateful for is that you you are forcing me in a good way. To, to stop thinking that way and to open my, my mind up to a new way of thinking. And that is uh, be awesome, be yourself, uh, and the rest will follow. And, and it's been the most uh, amazing year. Um, and so I just wanted to, to say I'm, I'm grateful for that and, uh, and just for these conversations as well. And um, yeah, one, go one ahead, thing, Dan. One thing more out there that just for everybody. Uh, so what, what we're trying to do collectively as a group uh specifically you know hopefully the coaching that we're giving you is consistent with the coaching that we're giving ourselves and everyone else which is we're trying to act our way into a better way of thinking um it's super easy for me to sound good inside my own head i i uh, i have a rigorous reflection practice as jeff does as well and my actions inform me of what my thinking really is what i really believe to be true not what i say to be true but my actions really do that so when i say be you focus on awesome I think that's, you know, your thinking will fall in line as you, as you continue to do that. And you have done that. I mean, the, the folks on the call, as well as the others, uh, they're all very grateful that you sit in the chair that you sit. And hmm. Jeff is one of the people that I talked to at length where I was like, I know that we're supposed to do this. This is obviously that next indicated thing. I don't think I'm supposed to be a host. And Andre had that conversation with this dude and he's like, man, you can do it. And I'm like, I could, but I, I, it just doesn't seem right. And so it was awesome when you showed up. And the cool thing is, is that when you're a part of something, not apart from something, but a part of something, like you get to get your part and you can feel great about your part, but the overall is much cooler than that. You can celebrate 
the right person in the right seat, which is easy to do. So thanks for, mm. thanks for being here, Mark. That's awesome. One thing that I've learned about top level entrepreneurs and, and business leaders, business owners, is that in the course of development, a big part of getting there is to know what to stop doing, knowing what to, to not focus on, because we have a limited amount of time and energy. And if we really want to get to the peak of our potential and our difference in the world, we have to know what to let go of. And I'd love to know from the group, what are some things that you realized in 2023 uh, that you should just stop doing and stop focusing on? Because um, as the refinement process goes forward, I think that is so key. And the average person doesn't think that way. We're just like, I got to get it all done. And we're running around with our hair on fire. Andre, anything that you uh, decided to stop doing this year? Um, there's a few, but the biggest one, I think, for to go with your question, sorry, it's Andre speaking. Um, it's um, you got to get your pride and ego out of the way. Pride and ego is what gets you to keep doing and do everything. And I, and I coined the phrase of a while back dealing with someone, you know, someone who can do everything doesn't get anything done. And that's where a lot of us get caught in that trap. So for me this year, I really got rid of doing tasks that piss me off. That's a big one. That really drains my energy. Like I hate engineering. I hate doing calculations, but I just kept forcing myself to do it because that's what I believe. I'm really good at the nuances of engineering and the regulations. Therefore, that's what I do now. Um, I asked my team to do it. And then with my tactical breakthroughs, when I'm coaching people, I'm not finalizing content. I'm creating it. Um, I'm not doing the website. I'm not doing a bunch of stuff like that. I just show up in front of my clients and run the group so that I can deal with their nuances and help them, coach them, understand themselves better. Who else? Come on, Jeff's got something. He's got to have something. We're a little early in the reflection process. I use December for this, but I it did is do December. a little bit of work on this. That's, I know. That's I, I take too, the whole month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so literally, I do. Uh, so uh, a few things came to mind. Number one is I stopped being uh, here physically. Um, for, uh, I was already working kind of four days a week physically here. So I now I'm only zip code, cost tailored three days a week. So I stopped being here. Um, one of the things I really learned is when I'm in a room, um, my talking prevents a lot of creativity. So depending on the audience, whatever. So stop talking. Uh, so I... I finding myself pausing and listening more. Um, the third thing that really stood out as I started the preliminary part of my reflection is um, uh, when I'm trying to get something done, I usually think about what I can do um, versus what can I remove to make this happen better. So uh, there's a podcast somewhere, I think Hidden Rain, talks about fuel and friction. Really hit me early in the year. And I, I now can look back at the common thread as everywhere where I work this year, I found myself removing friction, removing things, removing extra stuff, simplifying. And um, with much less effort, I'm seeing uh, really cool stuff happen that I can only say, I was blocking that before. Uh, I'm not making the stuff happen, but I'm no longer preventing it. Uh, so those are the three that came to mind. That's really cool. Kristen, what about you? I love this question, Mark. So for me, I started working with a virtual assistant uh, about a year ago. So to, to Andre's point about uh, stop doing the, the things that aren't your functional expertise. It also goes to the book by um, called Who Not How and that I don't have to be in control. So one of the things I've done a lot this year personally and professionally is letting go of that control and that other things can get done. I've stopped chasing trying to get to the bottom of my email and really going after the things that I had the energy around instead of the accomplishment of, did that get done today? Or did, did I get that off of a list? And I also stopped waiting for other people in order to have my cognitive and creative sabbaticals. I'm coming to you from Hawaii. This is my third trip here solo. And it's taught me a lot about not waiting for everybody else's calendar and alignments and clients and partners and kids to be like, I'm ready for rest. And those, those three things have really been transformative for me. That's really interesting. Yeah. I think oftentimes we do wait for everything to line up before we take that 
time for ourselves. And I love that you've made that a priority and just decided that it's going to happen. And the tropical noises behind you are pretty, pretty amazing too. Uh, Dan, what about you? I have not started this yet. So um, one of the reasons why we shut down a couple times a year is for me to stay out in front of everyone. And so uh, I have not even reflected on I, what I will say that I, what I, what I know from um, the meeting cadence uh, uh, that I, that, that I lived through as well as probably to some extent the company lived through was not serving me at least the second half of the year for sure. So there'll be, there'll be some modification in that. I, I look for uh, big structure things to, to, to make the changes. So the stopping is usually depending on what phase we're either stopping something that we started earlier or starting something that we stopped or, you know, something like that. Um, yeah. And then I just got to put a plug in for control. Uh, if I ever had control, I'd keep it forever, like forever. I'd never let it go. Do not let go of control. If you have control, please can, you're driving the car, please steer the car. The lie that I tell myself I have control is what I have to let go of. Yeah. Control is, is not really, it's not out there. So anyways, I just got to put that little plug out there for control. Control's great. I give you a day off. Maybe, maybe we let Jeff go out on his boat every once in a while, but otherwise I keep you under my thumb. Yeah. But the, the lie that I have, it, that delusion is what I got to let go of. Yeah, big time, big time, for yeah. sure. I've heard both Dan, you, and Jeff talk about kind of a formalized year-end review process. I would love to learn how to do that because I've never really done that formally. What does that look like for you, Dan, in terms of, of, of just the structure of looking back and saying, you know, what worked and what didn't? A couple of these I've, I've borrowed uh, from Jeff. We've known each other for a while. Um, so I've had the same structure of goals for well over a decade, probably 15 years. So I have categories of life and then it's just making adjustments inside of that. And so what I used to do is just sort of reflect on the year and the trends and, and that sort of thing. And that was quite helpful. I mean, there's, there's a weekly review, a little bit of a daily review, then a weekly review, a monthly review, um, a quarterly review, and then an annual review. And and they're cadenced that way. And um, there's probably never been a year where I hit all those exactly correctly, but I hit, you hit them enough on a regular basis that there's there. So at the year end, it's really, for me, what it is, it's like, okay, I set these goals in these four categories of my life based on what I thought I was, what I thought I believed to be true. And I was checking in with myself as I went. So there's times when you, I ditch goals in the middle of the year because it just doesn't pay. So if they're still on, the goals list by December, they seemingly mean something to me. And so what I did really prior to talking to Jeff about this was I would just say, okay, based on that, what's the next version of next? Or what does this look like? Or how can I add to it? How can we plus one it? How can we do something like that? And what I started doing, I don't know if it was last year, or it was two years ago, but um, I started I'm more asking myself, like, what was the why behind that? And where else does it apply? And what is the impact of that? And so then what happens is they get super messy really fast and I'm called to a much higher action. Um, and the goals get a little bit more soft. Like, so initially, I mean, when I say soft, I mean like hard number, easy to measure. Um, so, and this is definitely conceptual, but we'll say for the first, because uh, literally the framework that I've used is it's got to be 12 or 15 years old. So for, the first 12 or so years, it was very cut and dry, pass or fail, like, did I get or what percentage of the goal did I hit? As I started adding in these extra questions, what ended up happening was, was there was more of an ideal that I was shooting for, that things, other goals would sort of support that. So um, the one that I've used before that people understood, and this is, this is more uh, aspirational, is like I have a fitness goal for 10 years from now. And one, I mean, it's sort of hard. I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a hardcore biologist. I'm not a, a doctor. So I don't have like blood levels or anything like that. But what I want to be able to do is I want to be able to cross over backwards skating at age 60. And so if, so that, that's how some of the goals are now where it's like, well, there, it's a yes or no, but in order for me to do that, there's a whole bunch of other things that I'm going to have to do well. And so there's the hard measurables, but when I ask the why 
and where else does that show up? It ends up impacting that I have ideals that I'm striving for that aren't necessarily goals. I mean, they're not as measurable, like yes, pass or fail. It's like, okay, well now I have an ideal. I need to show up differently in work meetings than I have before. Like hmm. I, I can't measure that as a pass or fail, but that comes out of, of asking why and where else does this apply? Does that help? Yeah, that's really yeah. interesting. So the goal isn't necessarily a metric that is met or not, but it is maybe more of a lens that shapes how you show up in, but, in what you but do. But for me, it's important to have something to get me into action and something to actually track against. So there is something to reflect on because the other, I would, I, I think I, I, other folks could be different. I think I would just drift all over the place. Yeah. So I need sort of like, hey, this is what I'm going for. But, but then to also have the sort of, leave some room for the boss to fill in what we're really trying to do. It's got to be measurable so you can measure against where you started. Yeah. 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 I agree. Jeff, what about you? How, how does that process work? Yeah. It, it would take a lot of time to explain it, uh, but I can say kind of high level. Um, I put in writing when I was about 22 years old, 23 years old, uh, an older guy came alongside me and say, who are you becoming? You should write that down. And, uh, uh, that was a gift to just have an older guy say, I, I, uh, I became a guy that I don't like so much. And, uh, so if you just take the time to write down who you're becoming and, um, you might, you might get there and it might guide your activities. So, um, so my, my first version of that was taking the time to write down who am I as a human being, spouse, dad, whatever. Uh, and then employment was you know, way down the list when you have to think that way, uh, so, and then the, the annual review was maybe every three years, I'd read it and say, you're such a hypocrite. You're nowhere near this. You are not this person. You're becoming the opposite of that. Uh, I would say the last five or six years, um, just started building my own management system. And it's just really, hey, uh, review that mission statement. Who are you becoming? Is that still relevant to who you're becoming? Yes or no? Uh, and then I have a habit of, just there's probably a hundred questions I answer. Um, and I answer them through the month of December, not because I need the answers because it's more of, I want my brain to engage in thinking about, uh, not only where I've been, but where I might go. Um, so I use the month of December, uh, to reflect on the year. Um, it's a 10 part system, kind of crazy, but it just is. Um, and my rules are, I work uh, on it for 15 minutes uh, or until my brain will not do it. Um, and I skip questions all the time because I come back to it. Uh, but right around Christmas time, I end up with a very comprehensive, like this is the year, uh, it's looking at your photos. Um, I'm listening to the music I listened to this year, or I'm allowing, uh, you know, myself the time just to reflect on things. Uh, I'm finding things that I missed just by reviewing those things. Uh, and what I'm trying to do is really create a gap between, Hey, where am I at and where am I, I want to go? Uh, and then. By January 1st, I, I set those intentions for the year based on my roles. So, uh, so I say, I'm a Christian. What does that mean? Like, what does it mean to be a Christian? Is it, uh, yeah, where are you at? Where are you going? Um, and husband and, you know, father, grandparent, I, I set intention for the year. Um, and then the way this practically rolls out is every month when I plan my month, I review my annual intention and I set uh, some specific activities that I can see based on the calendar and what I'm learning. What can I do to move in the direction of that intention? Every week I grab the month and say, Hey, what chunk can I take this week based on the schedule and life and how I'm feeling and every day I take from the week and it sounds crazy, but it's really just, uh, maybe 10 minutes a day I'm planning, um, where I'm just saying, who are you becoming in light of who you want to become? Um, these behaviors need to end these behaviors. And I really don't focus on goals. I focus on process. So. Um, I'm, it's like, I have a skiing goal. I want to be able to ski really well when I'm 80, really well. Um, that's not my goal. I put that aside. It's what are, what are the habits necessary to be able to ski and all my focus is on process. Not so much. I know the outcomes I'd like to see. I can't control those, but what I can do when I wake up today is I could stand on what I'm standing on right now, which are balancing things while I'm talking because I want to maintain balance, stupid stuff like that. So yeah, that's the entire system, but a real important part Jeff, of it is- Can I ask reflect. a question on that? 
Please do, yeah. If I just want to get clarity, it's Andre here. I need to get clarity on that. You still set the goal, but you concentrate on the process to achieve it, not mm -hmm. on the end goal itself, is what yeah. I heard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay. It's hundred percent. And really, I'm not um I'm not goal oriented. So what I mean by that is I don't say by this date I want to achieve this thing. Um I might say I want to be more loving to the people around me. That's a goal. Um and, yeah. and I don't need to count up the minutes that I do that. But I, yeah. yeah, it's common yeah. with high achievers. We don't necessarily care about achieving the goals. It's the journey is more important to us. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I, I don't know how many high achievers except you all, but uh, if I knew some, oh, I'd call come you. on, Jeff, you know, <laughs> I don't No, I don't. I know kids. I hang out with kids. I really do. Um, so you. the act of warming up, asking, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's true. Actually, for at least two of you, um, uh, <laughs> reflect, set intention, but then I share it. I share it with people around me because I can't do it alone. So if I say, mm. I'm trying to become this guy, um, I'm really struggling with this, um, will you help me? So then it becomes the way to partner to with other people. And that opens up some, I think, opportunities and uh, for others to grow, but also for me to actually succeed. So that's the system. Sorry, oh, wow. you have a lot of edits there. Yeah, that's really, yeah. that's really interesting. Kristen, any thoughts on, on this? Is that something that you do on, a, on an annual basis, is reflection? Oh my gosh. The nerd in me was so excited. Like I'm bouncing over here listening to all of that. Yes. Yes. And what I really want to underscore from what I took from that conversation was the momentum, the areas of a, a pursuit of a goal, but it is the actions towards it that really become the effervescence of true progress. So for, for me, I'm a very visual person, so I have learned how to have things in my space, both cognitively and physically, that support the, the objectives in that and the encouragement in that. Because there's a great quote that says, um, motivation is what gets you started, consistency is what keeps you going. And so for me, at the beginning of this year of 2023, I started I, I'm with a group of entrepreneurs. I started with a 90-day program, and it was really about breaking us out, doing five consistent things every day, including waking up at the same time, how we did our physical health, our, our nutritional. And anybody can kind of grit through a couple of weeks, a dry January, even, even a month, but progress changes when you get out, when you get it into your norm. I heard a lot of people talking about their, their habits and their intentions. And there's this cumulative effect of consistency. Dan talking about what he wants to be like when he's 60. And those come from the daily micro decisions instead of the big bangs, the two hours at a gym. It's the, did you did 10 pushups today versus did you go to one kick-ass class all day. So for what, what I've really seen this year and put into practice repeatedly is can we make progress in momentum without attaching ourselves to accolades all the time? And for right now, one of the things I'm doing is starting my mornings before I even get out of bed with a meditative series. And I'm three weeks into that and that's great. But if I have a day where I'm on a plane, it's less about now I have to start over. That's kind of that Western thing of pass, fail, pass, fail. And more in terms of what were the last three weeks giving me for this day that now I can use as my own energy source instead of everything has to be a start over. So that's what I would add to that. And then the, the last thing I'll say on this is those periods of rest and rejuvenation. We are not artificial intelligence. We are very, very real. And so whatever, there's there's seven kind of archetypal elements of rest, the spiritual, physical, mental, intellectual. But when we're really plugging our batteries back in, then we don't have to operate all the time at full capacity. We can still be having that momentum. But it's this Western culture of run everything down, leave everything on the field. And that's good for bits and spurts. But as a human, it'll get us into to burnout and the rest of it. So this intentionality and the little progress every day, those are the big wins. Andre, any thoughts on all this? Uh, they're all good. They're all good uh, points. <laughs> and I like how everyone's got something different and unique. Um, since I started liking myself the last couple of years, my process of goal setting dramatically changed like, yeah, I used to sit down like Jeff's every December was a big, long process, set goals, blah, 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 blah. But now what I'm seeing, those were all other people's goals. 
um, not necessarily on my own. And now I'm concentrating on me, um, putting myself first, being selfish, air quotes, um, and that's not negative. So like last year or this year, actually, it's about to be 2023, I decided that I was going to invest in me, which means investing in relationships um, that I never believed I was good at. Like these are all core beliefs that I had up until a couple of years ago. Um, so I just did that one thing because I just knew that one, if I can control that one, it's going to, it, it's a big, um, I can't even visualize the, the, the metaphor right now, but it would be a spray effect. Take care of that. It would take care of effect like professionally, personally, uh, spiritually, even that's showed up this year, uh, with my family and just across the board work related and, and enjoyment actually starting to enjoy life. So I'm doing this one thing right now that has a global effect on my life, which will also have a global effect on everyone around me for the people I choose to keep close to me. And I think that's the first thing I ever did this year was choosing people, not being chosen. I heard a couple of you say consistent action over time, you know, and and just what are you doing daily? What are you doing on a regular basis? And just out of shot, is the uh, nice. couple of drum sets in in the in the music uh, in the last couple of years i've started studying with literally some of the top drummers in the world and what uh the takeaway has been from those brilliant drummers is it's all mental it's mm-hmm. not like oh here's a cool trick on the drum set it's it's all all mental and and the cool thing about developing on the drums is it teaches you it's the same thing that you need to do to develop in life on the drum set. I, I, I can wish to have faster bass feet. I can wish to have X, Y, Z, but the only way that happens is that I have to constantly do exercises that feel like I'm falling off my bicycle that are frustrating and they piss me off and they're hard and they make you just want to stop doing it. But you have to lean into that stuff that makes you feel terrible for a while. And then the next time you come to the drum set, you sit down and you can do it a little faster. And ne- next time you can do it a little faster. And what I've learned is I've stopped wishing. I've stopped wishing that I could cross over backwards on skates at 60, <laughs> to, to use that metaphor. I've stopped wishing for all that. And I've just started doing. And uh, that's awesome. been the biggest uh, epiphany uh, for me is that that's absolutely translatable to development in life. You can wish all you want. <laughs> But yeah, you ain't going to get there unless you do the work. All growth requires pain. I love your expression of allowing yourself uh, the option to fall off the bicycle because until until we lose control, kind of going back to what we were said, we don't know if we're even capable of catching ourselves before we fall. If we're so focused on never falling and staying upright, we don't even know what we're capable of and some of the superpowers that come within. So I just really relish in what you said. And I'll tell you two of the... Well, no, all of the top drummers, the, 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 the singular lesson that transcends all of that that I've learned in the last year is that they have all said you have to take the judgment out of your performance. Yeah. You have to stop feeling bad about what you just failed at. And uh, Benny Greb, this brilliant German drummer, we're at a 300-year-old monastery in September. 50 guys from all over the world were clapping in a big circle to really intricate patterns. He says, stop, 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 stop. He said, when you mess up, don't go, oh. You need to say, hmm, that's interesting. And so it's, and just taking the judgment out of your daily failure has been absolutely brilliant to not feeling bad about the stuff that we're trying to develop, but just to say, yeah, I'm going to suck at this for a while. (laughs) You just reminded me of something, Mark. My son, when he was 16, had a chance to go to a golf academy in Florida and study for a concentrated year. And one of the big signs on the wall said, celebrate getting the bat out. Instead of ever, and golf is such a mental game, but every time there's a swing, instead of saying, oh, Oh. you're one step closer to finding the joy in it. And I, so I love that framing of it's part of the process. It's not a defect from the process. Squiggly lines. It's all learning. <laughs> yeah. Dan, do you want to explain that squiggly line? Cause I love that in, in your process, embrace the squiggly line. 
Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I actually get nervous if I hit too many home runs in a row. Uh, not, I mean, only because I'm playing in the wrong league. Like that's <laughs> not, um, that's just not how it's supposed to be. It just isn't. And so, so uh, if, if I'm on, if I'm on a development trajectory, I signed up for squiggly lines. I, it's not a straight line. It's a squiggly line. I'm a very inelegant learner. My face turns red. I say F a lot. And that's what it looks like. And a lot of people think I'm frustrated and I'm like, no, this is awesome because I know what's coming next, which is I'll, I'll get the next version and then, and then we'll get to do it all over again. Because the only thing more frustrating than this is doing the same thing twice. You know, I mean like, you know, do, doing something that is not, you know, well below our capacity. And we all, we, we all know that. I mean, like, um, uh, play, play, you know, I, I have a six and an eight year old. Um, and for a little while, I, I, for a little while longer, I can compete better than them because they're six and eight. Right. It, but it's not, it's not, it's not the same as when I'm, when I'm, when I'm playing hockey with them and we're messing around, it's not the same when I'm playing hockey with with adults uh like it's just not the same and uh i do much better against an eight and six year old most of the time not all the time but most of the time uh in large part because i have a longer stick and longer reach but other than that because they're both actually better skaters than i am um but it, but it's not nearly as joyful it isn't it's uh it's fun right but the joy comes to me it, real joy for me real joy is when i get back to the bench and i'm like that was as good as i could be like that's the cool part. It isn't. It isn't scoring the goal. It's like no, that was. I think that was, that was how it was supposed to be. Um, so I, I, I think that that's you don't get there by hitting home runs. At least I don't get there by hitting home runs. I get there by by. Uh, I'm, I'm mixing metaphors between baseball and hockey, but but yeah, I, I think it's just it's part of it. It's just absolutely part of it. It's reasonable. The human mindset, survival instinct tells us to obsess on perfection, all that. It's just not, it doesn't serve me. It just, just doesn't serve me. I'd love to talk about what you all have in your sights for 2024 in terms of development and, and why, why that's on your development radar. Jeff, what's on your development radar? I know you're, you're in the middle of the reflective process, but I love what you, you shared about, about, removing friction and, and listening more. I think that's just brilliant advice because I'm, you know, I, I have not stopped talking since I was born and that's, that's a big lesson that I'm trying to work on. Yeah, no, it's too soon for me to really give it an honest answer. Um, what mm -hmm. will happen um, areas I think that I'm uh, to reflection. So what's standing out is, okay, serving other people, uh, uh, really, like emotional amount of joy present in that reflection, right? So, um, and I, I, so I think becoming a better servant could be the word for the year. I don't know. Uh, that's one of the things I think is likely it's a candidate for sure. Um, I think there's also, uh, yeah, I, I'm excited. I, I spent a, too much time, uh, thinking about what AI will be doing, disrupting in the world. Um, so also, I think there's something here that, uh, a, uh, yeah, I don't know what it will look like, uh, but my sense is uh, this is one of those transformations that uh, happens once in a generation. Uh, and so I'm trying to understand, so I think a huge part of my year will be trying to understand what that means and uh, what that means for yeah, the next 20 years of my life, I'll get to live on. So um, I think servant, um, I have this theory that to be a good leader, you need to be a good servant. And when I think about uh, what's occurred in our relationship, learning a little bit about you, Mark, but also uh, the, the true Dan, the thing behind the Dan, is he really loves you and wants the best for you and actually believes that the best version of you will be discovered by the things that he is pouring into you. Right. So um, I, I, I know that uh, being a good leader is really different than the guy that wouldn't give you a nickel in uh, broadcasting. Right. So, <laughs> so, so that person, yeah, it was a quarter or something. But, you know, I think about it like, OK, the mark that could have 
been used in such a brilliant way because people do love you because of who you are and your ability to communicate um, was missed out on until you're, you know, 43 years old. Uh, right. So, uh, so the, I guess I'm, I can see in, in other people too, I can see the joy present when uh, I think about what, what I am observing in your life and with Dan is, is I think he's becoming a better servant and a better leader by being a servant. And so I think there's a, a big opportunity for me to grow as a dude in my serving. I still serve kind of from a selfish perspective, not from a true, you know, orphans and widows kind of religion, I guess. So don't know yet. So talking in January, I'll know for sure. Jeff, we just uh, interviewed a rear admiral uh, with the Navy here in Everett, one of the few females who have ever been the, the head of the 11th carrier strike group. And that is exactly her philosophy on leadership is that you've got to care for your people and remove the friction and see what you can do to make their life better. And that's her, that's her whole philosophy of leadership. And when you do that, everything else follows. Um, Kristen, what about you? What are you going to focus on developing in 2024? Really great question. I want to carry over into 2024 something I just was starting to put into practice this year, and it's using no as a strategic element to my life. So stretching myself enough that I am hearing no's more frequently and using them myself. So meaning that I may not get business based on either being too expensive or different elements, and that it's okay to not win everything because that makes more space and others may call it faith that the next next is going to be better suited. And then the other part of no is not people pleasing in both sides, such as not waiting for vacations, et cetera, but then also saying the no, because it gets us into doing fewer things that matter more. So I really want there to be a lot of intentionality, a lot of space in 2024, instead of being booked, moving away from the achievement of constantly busy into the fulfillment of savoring the things that I am doing and experiencing and learning. Kind of the opposite of the chasing mentality. It seems like uh, most of what we do in the business world is to chase, chase, chase relentlessly. Right? Yeah. Well, and then to post, post, post so that everybody can applaud your busyness. <laughs> and that's uh, that's the opposite of fulfillment for me. Yeah. Andre, what about you? What what do you hope to develop in 2024? Uh, I want to develop the use of my energy and put it in the right, right places. That's important to me. And um, that's task, people, events, the type of work I'm doing. And the big decision I have to make right now is where I want to spend that energy. And for some things I've got, I've got to make a decision on is be how much energy to spend on that thing. So that's, that's a big one. That's been a big eye opener for me the last couple of weeks, especially with that, uh, you know, I know him very well, but that idiot, Dr. Stelios Nikokakakis, he gave me these prism glasses and I'm seeing everything in a complete different way. Um, yeah, I'm walking stable now and it's all about energy. So I've been had energy the back of my mind for a while, but now I, what I can see with the proper use of my energy is going to be immensely powerful. And that's what I'm looking forward to. So Dr. Stell, friend of the show, yep. um, top, top uh, podcast for 2023 yeah. in terms of uh, shares and listens and that vision therapy. Wow. So he, you're, you're right in the middle of that. That's amazing. Oh, it's, it's, I've only been two days. It's night and day. Wow. It was immediate. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Oh, I look forward to, to keeping in touch with you yeah. about the transformation, man. That's, that's exciting. Yeah. Cause now you find out 48 years old that you've been walking around like a concussed person. <laughs> right. And then you right. put these glasses on and then now you're not. It's, it's that immediate. Yeah. Wow. So I'm seeing and listening cool. differently now. So it's kind of cool. Good. Wow. 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 That's really cool. Thank you, Dr. Stell. <laughs> we'll make sure we share this episode with him. Do Dr. Dan, Nick, what about, 
Yeah. Dan, what about you? What, what's, what, what do you want to, what are you focusing on developing for 2024? Well, it's, it's interesting that, that, uh, Andre just mentioned energy because I, uh, actually refer to them as energy investments, but when you say that people are, what are you talking about? So I just say goals. So people know I only force so much of my language onto people, but, but, um, <clears throat> so, uh, one of the classy problems, uh, that 2023 presented and it's sort of the, uh, reoccurring theme here. Is really uh, for a good chunk of time, I really did get a chance just to sort of show up and improv to some extent, at least in my interactions, because there just wasn't a lot. Uh, everything was sort of in making up land. We were in a lot of development on a lot of different things. And so a lot of open hand show up and just serve and see what happens. And and uh, that, that plays very well to my personality. It's very easy for me to sort of live in that. A lot of people would be very uncomfortable. Um Prior to the pandemic, I had actually really resigned myself that I was supposed to play certain roles at certain times. And I sort of had hemmed a lot of that stuff in. And so um, the first chunk of COVID, I got the benefit of unleashing all of that and developing all of that. But now it's time. My, 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 my experience is, is that um, my character defects turn into virtues, turn into defects, turn into virtues. It's you need to talk more. You need to talk less. You need to talk more. You need to talk less. It's not just, it's not just a, it's not a binary thing. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm actually focusing on three different pieces here. So uh, the first one is that I want to transform. So this part I have clarified how, how this all manifests itself is for the coming weeks. But so I want to transform all feelings into energy to effectively channel my intention which would be the third thing that we do in our, uh, in our little process there. Then I want to develop, I want to continue to develop intellectual accuracy, emotional vulnerability, and intentional action. And really prior to the last, say like a year ago, I didn't have to worry about aligning those because I could just show up with the people that I was showing up with. And there was enough grace there that like either I was sort of magically in alignment on that, or there's enough Jeff, Jeff can handle me being out of alignment on that stuff. But with what I'm doing now, I have my own obsession that I want to be intellectually accurate, but I understand that I need to be emotionally vulnerable. And then there's this, okay, but what's the compatibility of the person I'm interacting with or the group that I'm interacting with? And so then that's the intentional action part. And then lastly is I want to uh, align my sensitivity to improve the quality of all my interactions. And uh, if I do any one of these right, they're likely to feed the other two for sure. But I have to be careful because otherwise I just assume that we're all in total agreement. Uh, <laughs> so I need to align my sensitivity to make sure that I'm actually looking for cues that there's a quality interaction going on, not just the ones inside my head. So yeah, that's that's what's on cue. I will have a uh, I will have a uh, target rich environment in 2024 because there's a, there's a lot to work there. But I'm I'm. Uh, I'm excited to be able to do it with the folks that I get to do it with. Some are on this call. The rest are in our community. Uh, it's a it's a fun place to go make mistake at full speed. And there'll be some F-bombs and some squiggly lines while my face is red as we learn how to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, I want to wrap things up with with this. And I think it was before we hit the record button, Dan, that that you said something to the effective. And I'll just say that I think that most of us think of and when I say most of us, I think human beings, we think a good life is the absence of bad things happening, is the absence of strife, is the absence of pain, is the absence of anything going wrong in our lives. And the thing that I'm starting to really understand is that a rich and a full life is going to be full of all the messy stuff, good and bad and in between. And if we if we think a good life and a good year and a good day is the absence of, of bad stuff, I think we're going to be let down a lot. And I'd love in that framework, I'd love to hear from each of you. What's, what's the one piece of advice that you would give someone listening who wants a better life, who wants a better way of doing things? Because what I think is so cool about this group is all of you in your own lane are trying to make life better for other people around you in your community, um, in, in your own way. But What's the one piece of advice you would give for someone saying, how do I get a better life? Um, and I, let's start with you, Dan. Um, so 
depending on who they are, uh, you know, so I, we'll, we'll assume that this person is scuffling to some extent. Um, what I would say is commit. Commit to do the hard work of figure out what you want and then commit to it. And then afford yourself the luxury of reflecting on that and seeing if you like what you aimed for. And if not, then do it again, do it again, do it again, do it again, and enjoy the squiggly lines as you go through that process. But the idea of waiting for the right whatever, screw it, figure it out, go after it, reflect and ask yourself, am I getting more stuff or am I getting closer to what it is that I want? But, but, but figuring out what you don't want, uh, the one way to do that is to start chasing stuff. And then letting it go when you find it's not. I mean, I heard Andre say that earlier. So, so set a goal, set a target, set an ideal, set an intention, set something. Take action consistent behind that. Reflect on it. Be honest with yourself. And when, not if, but when it's the wrong thing, toss it aside. Use it as reference. Couple three, couple three of those, and you'll start getting very close to what you really want. It only takes, really only takes usually two. The third one almost always lands. Yeah. That would be my, my two cents. That is so rich, Dan. So uh, so brilliant because the entrepreneurial world is all about what did I fail at and how did I learn from it? And the rest of us are like, I better not fail. I better not fail. Ooh, I better not do that. I might fail. But but that's just like diametrically opposed. That's brilliant. I love it. I love it. Andre, what about you? Make shit happen. Don't wait till shit happens to you. That's what I just, you know, to wait there and wish things to happen, like we talked about earlier, ain't going to happen. But for that to work well, make sure you're true to yourself and it's true to what you are and what you want to do. And make sure it's yours. It's not someone else's pressure or goals that it's yours because the right people will follow and the right things will fall in your lap like I'm starting to see in the last quarter here. Hmm. Surround yourself with the right people they show up. Kristen, what about you? What's what's some advice that you would give for someone who wants a better life? So much of our time is spent being in service and support to others. One of the things that I learned spontaneously and accidentally this year is keep your own company and the real value of spending time in service and support to yourself. I mentioned earlier that I've, I've had some spontaneous solo trips, but it doesn't have to be a, a trip. It's all of the elements that we take in and we see that we can solve or control or be there. It's the quiet nature of just being with ourselves and really embracing the aloneness so that we can hear our thoughts and not the soundtrack of the failures or the to-dos or the rest of it. Really slowing down enough so that you spend time in your own company Going slow in and of itself is going to feel strange to so many of us, but really just being in our own presence will bring forward a different uh, default mode in our brain that allows ideas and innovation and creativity and more of those wants and needs that are in service inward instead of being available all the time. We do not have to be open 24-7 to anybody but ourselves. Wow. That's really, that's really cool. Jeff, what about you? One piece of advice. That's, that's one piece of advice. One thing. Um, so, um, that's a, that's a terribly difficult thing for me. Um, so, um, truth will set you free. So I would say chase truth. So what I, what I hear, um, in a lot of these conversations is, um, Andre, for example, he didn't know he was concussed and now, uh, somebody who understands the body and the mind and the eyes is allowing him to understand and see things, experience life totally differently. Um, you are made for conversation. Uh, you're wired this way. And uh, um, you're learning the truth of learning by just getting rid of judgment. There is no judge. It's just you and the drum kit and the, the beauty that you make with it. Um, and so, yeah, so chase truth. And uh, there are things that are truly true. And... Uh, false things can get you in trouble quick. So, um, and then you can add commit to that. So yeah, once once you, once you think, you know, truth, get after it and do it. That's great. Um, as you all, all were talking, it made, reminded me of a conversation I had with my grandmother when she was still alive. She lived into her nineties up on the farm uh, into her mid nineties. 
And the thing that, that struck me about my grandmother is that one of our conversations one time, it was pretty deep, uh, like the meaning of life or something like that. Uh, and she said, you know, the older I get, the less sure I am of everything. And, and what it spoke to is that as she got older, she was more open-minded, not less. And so often I see people, including, you know, myself, I, you know, you fall into this as, as you get older, you start to close your mind to what, what you think uh, may be the truth and, and what other people think you start to shut out. And I guess, you know, my, my reflection and, and the thing that I'm so grateful for in this, in this uh, role that I'm playing now is that I get to learn something every single day. And the only way that that's possible is I have to just set aside what I think is, is, is truth. And I just have to open my mind to so many different perspectives and, and the joy that, that, that results from that is just unbelievable that, uh, taking judgment out of it, just staying completely open-minded. I just want to be like my grandmother that I want to be, I want to be less sure and more open the older I get. Um, I just want to say it's been such a joy to spend time with all of you this year in the various capacities that we've had, um, each of you in, in your own way. And just the, the, the learning that we've all had together um, has just really been a joy and, and so much fun. And uh, I really appreciate all of you. And, uh, and uh, to be continued in 2024. So thanks, everybody. I'm Mark Wright. Thanks for listening to Beats Working, part of the Work P2P family. New episodes drop every Monday. And if you've enjoyed the conversation, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Special thanks to show producer and web editor Tamar Medford. In the coming weeks, you'll hear from our Contributors Corner and Sidekick Sessions. Join us next week for another episode of Beats Working, where we are winning the game of work.